best friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. I am back. I am better than ever or something like that. Today, I want to talk to you about my main character era, which is what I'm in. I learned a lot during the summer break that I took during August. And I can't wait to tell you about the lessons that I learned about being me, being a person in general. And there might be a thing or two that you can implement in your own life. First, you know what we have to do. You know the drill. We have to do a mental health check. You're going to rate your mental health from one to five. One being horrible, five being amazing. Um, I think I'm currently at like a four. And let me tell you what is losing me that little, that last point. So I upped my medication, which has been actually great. It's a little bit of an adjustment period. My body feels a little bit weird, kind of like it's not mine, but I'm working through it. It's only been a couple weeks, so it'll just take some time to get used to. But I've been having these like really vivid dreams, and this is a known side effect of antidepressants. What I did not expect from the vivid dreams is that they are all traumatic as heck. Like... <laughs> Uh, so, for example, last night I had a dream that I was watching people ride motorcycles. Like, I'm driving and I'm watching someone ride a motorcycle. And I think this is because a while ago I was driving like a normal person and I looked in my rearview mirror and I saw the bottom of someone's motorcycle because they're literally right behind my car doing a wheelie, like, on regular streets. Like, I was not on a track. Like, we are just on a regular street in Houston dudes doing a wheelie, not wearing any kind of protective gear except for a helmet. I was just very anxiety inducing because if I would have had to break suddenly or even break at all, the dude would have crashed into me. He would have fallen, potentially hurt himself. Anyway, back to the dream. I am going to be that person that tells you a little bit about my dreams because it's important for my mental health check, okay? So, I'm watching people ride motorcycles and all of a sudden we're on like a Hot Wheels track and I'm talking the Hot Wheels tracks from the 90s with all the loops and stuff. I know you know what I'm talking about if you have ever watched a Hot Wheels commercial, which I'm sure you have. Okay, so I'm watching this happen and one of the people who is not wearing any protective gear falls, crashes their motorcycle. They are, trigger warning, this is a little gross, they are smeared across the ground. Like, they weren't wearing a jacket. They weren't even wearing long pants, boots. They were wearing a helmet, so your head is fine, but the rest of their body was just devoid of skin. We'll just say that. What the heck is that about? Like, the overactive imagination has got to stop, especially when it comes to my sleepy time, because I'm a sleepy person. You know this. I gotta sleep like nine solid hours to feel good. And if eight of those hours are spent undergoing trauma in my dreams, I'm tired. The girl is tired. So, um, other than that, I'm doing pretty good, actually. I feel rested. I feel pretty energetic, all things considered. And I'm excited to get back to talk to you guys about my life and things that I'm quiet about in regular conversation. In case you've forgotten, because I know it's been a long time, or if you're new around here, this is also your opportunity to check in with yourself. You're going to do your own mental health check, rate your mental health from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. And don't forget to just be honest with yourself because we're not lying to ourselves here at the You're So Quiet podcast. I think that's like a major problem societally is that we will lie to ourselves to give that little 
like Delulu edge to our life and pretend that we're fine when we're not. And that's really not solving any problems, okay? So pause me if you need to, but if you want to keep listening while you're thinking, I'm going to give a few recommendations. As always, I have some activities and I have a book. The first recommendation I have for you is called The Sundown Motel by Simone St. James. It is a horror book. I told you, I think on the last episode before summer break, that summer makes me feel like I want horror in my life. I want a slasher. I want a monster. I want something. I don't want to wait till October when everything is coming out. Like October is great, but I want it in the summer also. So I picked up this book. I actually saw it on the book of the month Instagram and I do subscribe to book of the month, but I haven't gotten a book in a little while. I paused my subscription because I've been on my, my Kindle grind and getting books for free from the library, which is fun. So I waited, I think, four or five weeks for this book. And at the beginning of my summer vacay, it became available. I rented it. I got it on audiobook, actually. So it was something that I read while I was cleaning the house. And it was so, so good. It's this, like, split timeline, past and present horror thing about a haunted hotel. And it's a little dark. Like, think... I forget what the author is, but if you've ever seen the movie or read the book, The Lovely Bones, like this is kind of along that topic and subject matter. So just be aware that it can be triggering for people who are affected by those things. I will let you go look up those books. I won't say it on the on the show so you're not pre-triggered, but just FYI, it does have some sensitive subject matter as well as obviously murder and death, etc. However, If you, too, are looking for a haunted, dark, scary book, this is a really, really good one. I loved the way that it was written. I loved the voice that it's written in. I loved the story. I like how the story actually resolves kind of at the end with a little bit, you know, like the door slightly cracked open for your imagination to wander. That's what I love to see in a horror book, especially. Um, But yeah, it was really, really good. 10 out of 10 for me. Highly, highly recommend. The multiple timelines did not bother me at all. I, at first, I was like, okay, there's one timeline I like more than the other, but I feel like that's normal on multiple timeline books and multiple POVs, points of view. Give it a read. I, I have a feeling that if you're into horror and like serial killery vibes, you'll be into this book. The next thing I'm going to recommend to you is going to seem a little out of character for me. And maybe it is, but I, believe it or not, I am a crafty person, okay? And I also am someone who is on Instagram almost always. <laughs> so so I saw this thing called the Woobles. Yes, Woobles, W-O-O-B-L-E-S. And it's this like beginner kit for teaching you how to crochet. I've never crocheted in my life. I have done, what's that thing where you have like fabric on a little round thing and you like stitch embroidery? Is that it? I don't know. I've done that. I suck at that. Like I'm so bad and I do not enjoy it at all. But I found that if I want to learn something, it's easier to learn something if I'm creating something rather than just like arbitrarily learning skills, you know? So I ordered a Woobles kit. I ordered the penguin 
I will post him on my Instagram. He's super, super cute. Uh, took me a couple hours. I made many mistakes along the way. My penguin is a little bit lopsided. I'm not gonna lie to you. However, I really enjoyed this particular craft because I liked creating something. I liked seeing the progress and having something I can like physically hold at the end of the experience. They also have different levels. They have beginner, beginner plus, and intermediate. And I think I'm gonna order a beginner plus one because I really enjoyed doing the first one. Didn't take too, too long. It wasn't hard to, to pick up. And what I really, really liked was that they have these instructional videos, like step-by-step, step, how to go from I've never touched a crochet needle before to I have made a penguin out of crochet. The videos are incredible. I'm like, I have very high standards for instructional videos. I'll get into that in a second for what I consider to not be a good instructional video. But these instructional videos, I am not even joking. They are so good. You see exactly what the person's doing. She explains it really well. And you can get really comfortable really easily with doing these particular crafts. So if you're someone who's kind of crafty and you're looking for something new, you've never tried crochet before, but it looks really intimidating, I would pick up a Woobles kit. I think if you order it from them, a beginner kit is 30 or $35. And from Amazon, they're $35. So I primed it, I got it, I think the next day, and it was really fun, highly recommend. So after I crocheted my little penguin guy, I'm like, I wonder if I could knit because I've never knitted anything before. And I'm like, okay, let me start with something that's simple, that's easy, that is, has a tutorial on YouTube and order this stuff. So found a tutorial on YouTube, didn't watch the full thing because I'm, I'm a dum-dum and it was also 30 minutes long. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm very impatient. That's the problem with me. So I ordered the stuff, I got the needles, I got the yarn, I got the tapestry needle, I got everything that I needed. And I started watching the video and I realized very quickly that it was marketed as a beginner video, but it was not a beginner video. That is what I consider to be a bad tutorial video. If you're like, oh yeah, do this stitch and then you do it really fast so I can't even understand what exactly you're doing, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. So I had to go find two other videos actually, because there are two different kinds of stitches, knit stitch and a purl stitch, in case you're curious, for this scarf that I am making. Now, the scarf I am making, it it is clearly my first scarf. <laughs> Let me say that. I, uh, yeah, I'm not very good at knitting, to be honest with you. However, I kind of like it. It's like very repetitive. It's very like keep your hands busy kind of thing. I put a show on in the background and I just keep track of the stitches in my head and just knit, knit, purl, purl, knit, knit, purl, purl, and go until I get to the end of the row. And then I start again. And I, I'm actually really enjoying it. I, the, the pattern calls for it to be 48 inches, which is about four feet, which is four feet, not about, it is four feet long. Uh, and I have about a foot and I've been working on this thing for, for a minute. <laughs> we'll just say that. It has been a long time that I've been working on this scarf and I have 12 inches. Now, to be clear, I did start over once. I had about six inches and I started over because it was, it, it was bad. It was horrible. Um, not to say that the one that I'm working on now 
is not horrible because it, it you know what it kind of is it has some some obvious mistakes however the stitch that i'm doing is called the mistake stitch so i'm gonna pretend that that's what it's supposed to look like and that's just how it's gonna go i think it's gonna turn out great i might finally finish it by the time the weather gets cooler it is over 100 degrees every day here in Texas, and we're currently in a mandatory water conservation thing, so I don't need a scarf at the moment. Doesn't matter that it's taking forever. So yeah, all that being said, try a craft. Try painting, try crochet, try knitting. I do recommend though that you like create something versus like just learning a skill, because to me learning skills is great, but I need like an application to really nail that home versus okay i know how to do a knit stitch now what am i like what's the point and this brings me to my final recommendation which uh goes along with this episode and that is to take a break every now and then like take an actual break don't take 30 minutes off of your work day like that to me that's not a break. I'm talking like a vacation and not a working vacation, okay? If you are checking your email, if you are still working on the thing that you said you weren't going to work on, that's not a break. I did not work on the podcast at all except for being on Instagram. I was going to be on Instagram anyway, like let's be honest, but I kept the stories pretty regularly because I think it's important to fill myself with the positive messaging that I am putting on the Instagram. So it wasn't like this toxic draining thing for me. And it's something that I kind of looked forward to every morning. So I did continue to do that, but I didn't record any episodes. I did not outline any episodes. I did not look for content. I literally just let it be. And I think that was really important for me because I go through periods where like I love doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong. But there are times that I'm like, ugh, you know, it's just like, it feels like work. And this is something I run into with the podcast and with my writing as well. And I just need to take a break, like literally step away from the thing. And here I am, I'm back, I'm ready to go, I'm excited. And I have this like renewed energy and enthusiasm for the thing that I was just like, ugh, about, you know? So if you find that like there's something that you love to do, but you're just like, ugh, take a break. Literally just put it down and take a vacation if you can. And I don't even mean like travel, you know, I don't mean go on this expensive trip. I mean like you can literally just stay home, do whatever you want to do. You know, the first week of my podcast vacation, I literally just watched TV. I played video games. I walked my dog and that was it. Like, I did not do anything for that vacation, especially that first week. And then I started traveling and whatever, but it was not like I put this expectation on myself that I have to go have fun, you know? Like, you just need to relax. Just relax. Just chill out. So, yeah, that is my last and final recommendation. Uh, I hope one of them speaks to you and you give it a try this week. And that brings me nicely into the meat of the episode. I have five lessons that I learned during this period of taking a break of my summer vacation. The first lesson is that rest is not just important, it is vital. I feel like this is something I had to learn for myself, to be honest. I was very much someone who just like keeps going. I'm not someone who 
quits things that like matter to me. I am definitely someone who will quit things that I do not care about or things that I just started or like random hobbies. Like definitely I'm that person. But like when things get hard with work, I'm like, okay, we'll just push through it. You'll be fine. And it's hard for me to then understand when I actually need to take a break versus, okay, I'm, I'm just a little tired, you know? So I found through this prolonged break that like I really needed to take a break. You know, I did not work on the podcast. I did not work on my writing. And now as we move into September, I am excited to get going with my writing. I'm excited to get going with the podcast and start talking to you guys again. And I don't want the show to ever feel like this drag on me. And especially because I'm like producing content for you. You know, I feel like if I am not enjoying it, then you are also not enjoying it. And then literally what is the point? You know what I mean? So for me, I realized that taking time, particularly extended time that is completely 100% away from the things that are draining me is absolutely vital to my mental health and to the to the quality of the things that I'm putting out. Which brings me nicely into lesson number two, which is that hustle culture kills creativity. I, again, I am someone who's very much like nose to the grindstone, like keep it, keep it rolling. I have written multiple novels during NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. Um, and I have scrapped some of them because I was like all in like the just write it down. And then you, you finish this thing and you're all invested in hustle culture. I wrote 3000 words today or 8000 words today or whatever the case may be. And then I'm like, okay, well, the story, the story really, it, it, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, so particularly for myself, I found that around week two of summer break, I was feeling extremely creative. I have been very inspired lately. I've been painting a lot. I've had a lot of good quotes and quips for my book jump into my head and I just note them in my notes app to put to use when I start writing again in September. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, so hustle culture, it ain't for me. Now, that's not to say that hustle culture isn't for you, you know? Maybe you're someone who needs that, that deadline. But for me, if I'm on a deadline for something creative, I promise you that the pressure of that deadline will squash any level of creativity that I have, any level of inspiration that I might have had, which is a little bit daunting when it comes to thinking about like when my publishing career really gets started, because I know I will be under deadline. Like, let's be serious. And that's something that I'm going to have to learn to navigate. And it might just be I take some time off right before the deadline and then I'm inspired and then I just bust it out because I'm so inspired and excited that the deadline isn't on my back versus just grinding and grinding and grinding. The grind for creatives, in my opinion, is just not it. And I feel like for people in general, like I feel that some people thrive in that, but I also feel that a lot of people don't. And it's like this weird place where 
I'm like, you know what? This doesn't feel good. But everywhere I look, I see people touting the the benefits of hustle culture. And I just need to hustle. I just need to work harder. If I was working harder, then things wouldn't be so hard. And that's just not true. That's not true. And I don't know. This is all just my perspective. So if you're someone who's like, I hustle, I grind, and I love it. Okay, do you. <laughs> like, honestly, do you. But this is for me specifically. And for anyone listening who's like, I really don't identify with hustle culture. I think it sucks. I'm with you. I think it also sucks. And for me, it kills my creativity. And that's really something I learned the hard way this past month. The third lesson that I learned is that it is never a bad time to reinvent yourself. And maybe reinventing yourself is just getting closer to who you are meant to be. This summer break, I cut off all my hair. It is above my shoulders and my hair was to my lower back. I cut off, I think, 10 inches of hair. And I'm very much someone who, like, that was part of my identity. Like, I had really long, straight, silky hair. And I cut it all off. I went a little blonder. I went a little warmer. I finally got the ear piercings that I was boring you all with (laughs) before summer break. Um, I'm reinventing my style. I am trying new things. I'm becoming a crochet and knit girly. I am just becoming myself and I can like feel the shift inside who I am and I'm not afraid to be that person. I think sometimes we get caught up in the idea that oh people aren't gonna like the new me. People aren't gonna like if I dress this way. People aren't gonna like if I cut off all my hair. People aren't gonna like if I do my makeup this way or if I start doing this hobby or if I stop doing this other one. Does it matter? genuinely like we need to decide if the people that we're so worried about if their opinions actually matter from where i'm sitting i would say mm, probably not because if you're more concerned about how i look or what i do than my happiness then your opinion does not matter to me you know like you are not there for me you're there for what i look like or what i do and that's just so weird to me i'm just i'm becoming myself and I can feel the shift and it is a little bit it it's a bit of a rocky road <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you it has been a, a bit of an adjustment period because I feel like I am becoming someone who is more honest not to say that I'm a liar like I'm obviously not but I'm someone who will speak the truth even if I think that it's gonna hurt someone's feelings but like it needs to be said. You know what I mean? I'm someone who wants to try new things. I, and I do it regardless of if like my anxiety in the back of my head is like, ooh, do you really want to do that? That could go wrong. Like, you know what? Screw it. I'm doing it. Let's go. You know? So it's been, it's been uncomfortable. It's been uncomfortable a lot. And I've had to sit with my feelings a lot. And (laughs) I historically am someone who does not sit with their feelings very often (laughs) because I, I mean, I really shy away from negative emotions or I should say emotions that feel uncomfortable. Like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Let me not do that. And instead of being like, oh, it's uncomfortable. Let me not do that. Okay. Why does it feel uncomfortable? Is it uncomfortable because I actually don't want that or because it's new? And in the past, 
if it was uncomfortable for any reason, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want it. I'm out. But I think it's important now that I'm like becoming this person or trying to really be myself as authentically as I can is the best way I can describe it. Now that I'm doing that, it's just like, I don't know, I feel like I can just be me, you know? And that's, I it's scary. It's scary because like I'm 30 years old and I'm looking back at my life and I'm like, have I been authentically 100% my, myself with all the people in my life? And the answer is, uh, maybe not. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know what that means for for me, I don't know what that means for, like, my friendships. I know the only person that I feel comfortable and have always felt comfortable being myself with is my husband. So, like, that relationship to me is, like, home. It is the anchor. But other relationships, even with family, I'm like, okay, so how does this work now, you know? So, I don't know. It is uncomfortable. Like, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of discomfort. But... There's also a lot of excitement and a lot of happiness. I'm excited to see what my life is going to be now, you know, versus like I'm comfortable in this life. Like this life is comfortable and my life is still comfortable, but it's also more exciting because I feel like I'm more open to opportunities. I'm more open to go for things that I normally wouldn't have gone for. And I think that's a good thing. And that brings me nicely <laughs> into lesson number four. I did not plan what I was going to say, just the lessons. So this is turning out really good. Good job to me. Anyway, <laughs> lesson number four is to try new things and don't be afraid to fail. We've talked about this. We've talked about this, I believe, in the Confessions of a Quitter episode. I will not continue to do something if I'm bad at it. I won't, historically. But I am becoming better at it at not even not even the things that I'm not quitting but just not quitting like okay well I'm not good at this now do I like it that is the most important part for example knitting already talked about it uh my scarf looks like my first scarf okay the stitches are loose in some areas tight in others the pattern looks a little crazy but I'm like okay well, I like doing this so let me just keep doing it. It might look a little ugly. It might look a little weird, but it's my first one. And I think that the key to this, at least in my experience from summer break, is to just have grace for yourself. Okay? It's more like I had these crazy high expectations of who I am because I was like a gifted child in school. School came really easily for me. I was well-liked. Like, everything was easy, school-wise. <laughs> and, like, learning new things. Learning new things is pretty easy for me, generally speaking. So when I'm trying to pick up a new skill and it doesn't come immediately, I don't have that ingrained knowledge of, okay, well, it's not easy now. I just have to keep working at it. To me, I'm like, okay, I suck at this. I'm never going to do this again. And I imagine now... If I would have quit the things that I'm doing now, I wouldn't be where I am today. For instance, you know that I race cars and I like just this year started taking it actually seriously. I, at the beginning of the year, I was off the pack. Like in my class, I was probably 
what, four or five seconds off of everybody. Like, I was distant last. Not gonna lie to you. Like, distant, distant last. There was no way in hell I was gonna make up that time with the skills that I had then. However, at the last race that I raced, I was only two seconds off. And two seconds in racing is still pretty substantial. However, that is a dramatic improvement. I have improved two to three seconds in, what, six months, eight months of racing? That's so good. And I wouldn't have improved like that if I had just been like, you know what? I suck at this. I don't want to do it anymore. And I do have to give credit where credit is due because my husband has talked me off the ledge so many times. I have been at a race and I finally, I come in and I take off my helmet. I'm just sitting in the car and he gets in the car. He's like, what's wrong? And I just start crying. So I'm like, I feel like I can't do this. I suck at this. Like, it's so embarrassing. I'm like dead last every time like I, I'm just coming here to lose and he's like hold on uh I sucked at this for so long like years I sucked at this you are improving right look at how you are improving versus how everyone else is doing and that to me really made something click for me so when I'm racing now I don't look at they have like live timing and you can see where you are on like the timing sheet, like you can see if you're in first place or last or whatever. I don't look at that during the race. I do all my runs. I do the very best that I can. And when I'm finished, I'm like, I was really happy with that run. I'm not going to not be happy with that run based on where I placed. Okay. And there have been times where I've actually beat someone, you know? So I am improving. I am doing better. So I need to focus on that and I need to impart that to you that if you're trying something and you're failing, like it is fine. We don't have to be great at everything we do. Do you enjoy the thing that you're doing? Do you like it? If the answer is yes, keep doing that thing. Don't be embarrassed that you're not the best. It's just like when you start going to the gym for the first time, there are all of these like stereotypes of like, if you're out of shape, you shouldn't even be at the gym. And I'm like, dude, that I, everyone starts somewhere and not everyone is built and shredded and whatever that goes to the gym. Like we're going to the gym to, to get there, you know, <laughs> that's the whole point. And at the track, everyone is there trying to get faster, trying to become a better driver. And that's what I'm there for too. No one is mean to me. No one is laughing at me. I am an instructor at the track. Like the people there know that I know what I'm talking about. I'm slow at the moment, but I know how to do it and I can impart it in such a way that it helps someone else, you know? So it's like, don't be embarrassed because you think that other people are laughing at you. If they're laughing at you, they're rude, they don't matter. In all likelihood though, literally no one is laughing at you. That's not happening. No one is doing that. Everyone is so kind to me. Like, you're doing great. You're improving so much. Man, you were moving really quick. I loved how you did this. And I don't, I shouldn't need to hear that to know that I like this thing and I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep at it and I'm going to get faster. You know, so try new things and stick with those things at least until you find out if you like it or not. If you hate it, whatever. Don't do that thing ever again. There are a ton of things that you could try. You don't have to stick with something you hate. But if you like it and you suck at it, keep doing it. It's fine. It's fun to suck sometimes. It's not that serious. And lesson number five is something that I started doing like week two of 
my vacation and that is to unplug. I used to be an Apple Watch person. I wore my Apple Watch everywhere. It ruined all my outfits. (laughs) I wanted to know every single notification that came in. I stopped wearing my Apple Watch, didn't want to be bothered, didn't want like to be constantly aware of every notification coming in. I have only my husband's notifications come through because if he's texting me, he probably needs something, but I don't wear the watch. I have my phone on vibrate so that if his messages come through, I can see them and respond to them in a timely manner. But everything else, emails, other messages, social media stuff, I have my phone on Do Not Disturb. I am in my main character, Do Not Disturb era, and I highly recommend it. It has been incredible to not be constantly stimulated by notifications. I'm someone that like hates the little red dot on like my messages thing, I have to clear out all my messages. I cannot stand the little dots. If your phone is on do not disturb, the little dots do not show up. So even if you have text messages or if you have emails, they're not gonna be there. You're not gonna see the little little thing. So I'm not gonna be like, oh crap, now I have to go clear this out. Now I have to go to Instagram. Now I have to go to Twitter or whatever, or what is it called now, X. I don't have to go clear out all these notifications. And I felt like I had to before. It's just like this compulsion of I hate the stupid little dot. But having days go by where my phone is not ringing, the only person that needs to get a hold of me can get a hold of me, I am just completely unplugged from everything, has been incredible. Like, I know this is not revolutionary advice, but for me, it is revolutionary. For years, I have been on the Apple Watch. And maybe I should do like a little segment later on why I think the Apple Watch is a little bit toxic, maybe? I don't know. The notifications, the constant calorie tracking, the the telling me to stay active, like a girl is trying to rest and an Apple Watch does not have rest days built in. Just FYI, you'll break your streak if you don't get burned enough calories that day. So uh, yeah, it has been so nice to just unplug and just be in the present moment. I don't have to be on my phone stimulating myself all the time. I can just be. And that has been like really important for me for this summer break. I felt like the first week I was still kind of anxious all the time and my Apple Watch is tapping me and my phone is going off and people are calling me. I'm getting scam calls all the time. I'm just like, I'm, I'm sick of it. I just can't do it anymore took my Apple Watch off. I've not put it on since. And in all honesty, I have no plans to. It's great for working out, for tracking your workouts. It's great for staying connected. But do I really have to stay connected? Like, is it that important to me? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's more important to me to protect my my mental health. You know, I'm I'm tired of just constantly being connected. What does it matter? There's nothing that anyone's texting me or emailing me that is mission critical. I will get to it when I get to it, you know? I still do all my work, like I'm not falling behind in anything. I have my calendar still, but nothing's that serious. And to me, the constant notifications feels like an embodiment of hustle culture, like you're constantly being stimulated. It's constantly being shoved down your throat. 
And no matter how many times I tell apps not to track or not to send me notifications, somehow they end up sending me notifications and I can't stand it. I'm over it. I don't care. I do not care. I don't need to hear about your sales. I don't want to know. You know what I mean? So unplug every once in a while, even if it's just like on your day off. Just put your phone on do not disturb, take off your Apple watch, go for a walk, touch grass, you know, just be you without all the stimulation from the outside. With all of that being said, we are about at the end of our time together this week. Thank you so much for joining me again. I feel so excited to talk to you guys in the upcoming weeks. I have, I have some things planned for October but I also want to hear from you. So you can email me, you can DM me on Instagram at your so quiet pod. You can also follow the TikTok at your so quiet pod. I am posting there again, surprise, surprise. I really did not keep up with it very well. I'm not too into the, the videos, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm trying it. Who knows? You can also leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I always want to know what you have to say and what your thoughts are. I love you so much. Thank you so much for joining me. I will talk to you next week. Okay, love you. Bye.